welcome back to Wedding Capture Co, a podcast for wedding photographers and videographers, and with myself, Tom, and my co-host, Chris. Um, today is our first episode in a while, so we are having a mega catch-up. Um, we cover both of our holidays, the things that have been on our minds over the last few weeks, and pretty much everything in between. Um, there is, yes, yeah, six weeks of stuff um, to get through, so a lot to cover in this episode. Um, and then at the end, we also talk about um, the Wedding Collective Christmas Party, which is a really cool Christmas party, which is coming up for wedding suppliers. Um, and we'll drop the link for that in the description below. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a very long time since we last recorded. It we has, missed think, a week yeah. as well. So. I feel like we could almost call it a hiatus rather than a break <laughs> in the end. It's been yeah, pretty much six weeks since we've been sat here, which is insane. It's crazy. Really, yeah. We were determined not to take a break and do the whole, you know, we're too busy during the summer. We can't do anything, which is why we release every two weeks. But even that's been difficult over the last we few weeks. We just end up having some really badly timed holidays. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it comes down to, I think. That's the, yeah, we've yeah. both had holidays. We've both been very busy and then we both got ill. So yeah that's why it's been so late but yeah so it's still pretty consistent in terms of what yeah. we're releasing but we have missed a couple of a week or so so and i think as well look, now we've had that long gap as well it gives us plenty to catch up on in yeah. in, in this episode so it's, this is us pretty much sitting down to catch up with each other yeah. as well as you catching up with all things that have happened in the last six weeks to us yeah exactly some of it's going to be wedding related but really it's just like the fact that we wanted this to be just a conversational sort of podcast we're obviously going to have episodes yeah. where like me and tom haven't spoken properly in like a long time so it's just nice to have a have a chat about what we've been up to yeah and, to catch up. i'm really excited yeah. to hear about all your adventures that you've had <laughs> over this time because you've been on two holidays since we spoke in that six weeks you've been away twice haven't you so, yes and i haven't had a thing about it so yeah i'm very excited <laughs> to hear about and what you got up to then and i think it's come at a really nice time of the season as well because neither of us have finished our seasons yet but we're definitely on the wind down um uh, from from a busy summers and so uh, yeah. hopefully a lot of you guys are in a similar position as well and kind of maybe have had to take some time for some breaks or readying yourself for those you know those last few weddings of the year and yeah stuff or like sitting that. at home looking at your editing editing queue like it's gonna be a long winter <laughs> which is me basically but yeah i mean the season's coming to an end i've only got three weddings left for the year which is it's perfect for me like Kate's like oh why don't you why don't you take a few more winter I'm like, I don't want any more winter yeah. weddings I've done enough summer weddings like yeah you think you have, to... yeah, we had that insane July we had like yeah, pretty much exactly. a wedding every other day through the summer <coughs> so I think other than that I think you know having that is um, a good place to be is is looking back at the, what you've got on or what you've done to go no I've had enough yeah. rather than going oh I could have some more yeah. and then get into kind of the real depths of the winter and not feel that you have any kind of time to plan for next year or recover because you've taken on kind yeah. of something to stop a gap where the benefit of our job is or well, one of the negatives of our job is it's all crammed into the summer so you the benefit is yeah, then you get winter to kind of like regroup and like sort of rebuild that energy ready for the summer again if like, the people that shoot so many weddings in the winter like don't get that and it's just like yeah. a continuous thing i feel like you need a bit of time to be like right where am i going to take my business next year what have i done wrong what have i done well plan stuff and i feel really ready for that as well like i was chatting to a couple the other day um for you know like kind of a new client and they were going oh and they and they, they cited a couple of photos on my website that they'd seen that they really liked and it went to i was like they're quite updated like february last year yeah and then i look back now that my favorite images you know that my, my, my favorite images that i want to use to market with and i think none of them are on my website because they're all yeah. stuff that's been taken probably in kind of you know the early parts or in the summer of this year and my work really has moved on and yeah. that's really what i want to kind of sell with but i'm not selling with it because i haven't had a chance to go back and you know revamp the portfolio and stuff like that yeah. so i kind of I want to get through my editing part. I'm ready to wrap the year up and kind of sow those seeds and kind of, yeah, you know, realign that direction, I think. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I think on 
I'm not sure what it was the first or second episode. I think you said the same thing about like taking a look at your sort of portfolio photos yeah. and realizing that actually like there's better ones or newer it ones. It probably wasn't like in, in that ready yourself yeah. for the 2023 yeah, year. Yeah. It seems mad we're that we've, 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 we've been podcasting that long now. That yeah, that that, that, that pretty much a whole season's happened in, in the in the mid time. So yeah, I feel really happy with what I, what I've done. I'm, but I'm ready to kind of or knowing that there's really good stuff on my editing pile as well that I want to get to yeah. and kind of get that back to the couple and also for me to dig into it and look at it and and use that going forward. Yeah, definitely. My editing pile is looking absolutely nuts, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and part of it comes down to the holidays, I, I won't lie, but it just happened to, it happened to fall the way it did. It was my 30th this year. Um, so beginning of October, we went to Dubai, which was bloody lovely. Um, so we had that planned for like maybe a year and a half we've been had, having that planned for. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, long story short, back in 2020, I was supposed to be having my stag do in, in Vegas with a few friends. And um, a week before we were due to fly, that's when they closed the US because oh, of no. the COVID stuff. So like, obviously we're all devastated. Like I was absolutely gutted. Like, oh, like what, why, 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 why is this happening to me? Like yeah. not knowing how, how big COVID was going to be. Um, and then we all sort of said like one day we'll do it one of those things you say and then you don't know if it's going to happen yeah. and then a couple of my friends they were traveling in in the states and they were like um or they had planned to travel in the states to california and everything and um they were like do you want to do vegas and like mix it in with our trip sort of thing so we're like yeah let's do it so then vegas ended up happening two weeks before dubai wow so i ended up having two quite big holidays in a short space of time and well, I think it's always if you turn the flip like yes, like your editing has suffered. Yeah. But it's definitely still sat there waiting for you when you come back. Yeah. And to have those, you know, the, the, your friends happen to be out there and, and those opportunities lined up to be able to have the freedom to go, yes, I can fit this in yeah. and kind of juggle it around. I think is one that is, is a really good thing about this job or having the benefit of doing that. And also if you worked a conventional job, you still would have turned 30 and probably would have forecasted to take some time off for that and you can't put yeah. your own life on hold and miss those big kind of milestones in your life yeah, exactly. I, I definitely know that I've missed my share of family stuff just in general this summer kind of Same, you know yeah. nephews parties odd family gatherings and things like that because you've you've got a wedding so when kind of those big milestones in your own life come up I'm sure that all of your couples would forgive you kind of you know a few days on an edit just so that you can go and enjoy your 30th birthday yeah exactly and over, I feel like over the summer we really feel like the worst parts of being self-employed like yeah. for, for me i missed two of my best friends 30th parties because i had weddings booked so you miss those things like as often people do at weekends and and you have a really busy summer when everyone else is out enjoying themselves yeah. so like for me i'm like i'm gonna make the most of being self-employed i can take holiday <laughs> when i want to take holiday and do what i want and and that that's when it comes to yeah so yeah, yeah and it is down to like, i missed um i remember kate messaging me saying about you know before you before you were off to dubai that you were going to have some drinks for your birthday and yeah. i opened the diary and had a book in yeah so yeah. I, I was just, i was out shooting a wedding when i could have been yeah, you know sat yeah. enjoying cocktails with you celebrating <laughs> your birthday which i'd love to have done but that's again it's just it's, it's a peril of, of the job isn't it and yeah so so enjoy the positives and yeah i mean both the holidays were incredible like it was lovely to get away from everything after having a really busy summer and really busy had a really busy july and august just sort of like was sort of plodding along mainly just trying to recover from that and then september's when we went to vegas vegas is a lovely place yeah, by the way it's um is it your first time yeah it was my first time have you been i've never been no it's, yeah. it's on the list yeah it's the only time i'd like to go i feel like this is this is something that like goes across a lot of holidays I've been on to be fair is just don't listen to people when they, t when they tell you about it. Cause I know that having 
when I was going to Vegas, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to, telling people I'm going to Vegas and whatever. And they're like, oh, you, you know, it's going to be crazy out there. Like, I was like, I'm going for eight days. And they're like, no, you shouldn't go for eight days. You're going to be, you're going to be wrecked and all this lot. Yeah. But none of us are real big drinkers or like, we went there basically for an adventure holiday. Like we had lots of stuff planned and like excursions and we did desert dune buggy and went so, to the yeah, Grand Canyon and all of that because like, that's the kind of people we are. But everyone paints Vegas as like, if you're just going to be partying every night, getting on it, sleeping during the day, going gambling thousands of pounds, whatever. But actually there's just, there's so much more to it. Like it's an incredible vibe. There's families, there's couples, there's people like we were just like just there to explore. And everyone's just like, it's the, just the atmosphere is so good because everyone goes there for like a, a really nice getaway sort of thing and I feel like it's not what people painted Vegas to be like at all for me I think obviously everyone as well has it, and I did the same when I went to New York in May is people we, we went there for six nights everyone's like oh no you do, do a long weekend in New York it's you know it never sleeps get in like do it hard and go home again yeah. and, and we were yeah, we were non-stop while we were there but I saw everything I wanted to see and yeah. came home rested and I think a lot of people are really kind of quick to impress aren't they if, if, like I say, if they're kind of 24 hour party people and want to you know know ne- ne- never not have a cocktail in their hand or be sat at yeah. a slot machine yeah. in vegas that's their vegas where for you it's going to see the grand canyon and dune bugging through the desert uh, yeah that, you, that yeah you had an equally as nice time and saw the other side of the city that they're so probably good, yeah. too hungover or too poor <laughs> to do because they've drunk and gambled it away and, yeah and we gambled and we and we had a drink and i feel like the bars weren't what i was expecting i caught, sort of thought it was going to be like the height of nightlife there yeah and it ended up not being so much I, in my opinion anyway like it didn't really appeal to me what was there so we ended up just going up and down the strip at night we'd literally go to walgreens get like a a drink from like an alcoholic drink from walgreens walk up and down the strip for and just like just take, take in the atmosphere yeah. because the atmosphere is incredible like there's always something going on um, and it was Mexican Independence Day as well, so it was really busy, and they had like oh, different nice. like, little mariachi bands or whatever playing in different places, and loads of crowds of people gathered around them. It was, it was really fun, yeah. Um, but do you feel rested though? Now you've come back. From oh, not at all. You got ill, no, but no. you feel that <laughs> not you don't all. feel that you need to. Both holiday days were intense. Like for Vegas, we had something planned every single day, and we'd literally get up early, we'd go out, and we would not stop until like 11 p.m. midnight, maybe even after that, wow. every single day. So it was intense, and then got back had two weeks to get my get my affairs in order for 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 the next one dubai which was also pretty intense because we again had something planned every we were only there for five days so we sort of filled it out and afterwards I said to kate like these two holidays have been this is proper for, well i said to my mum i think these two holidays have been really like intense and I, I feel like i need to like take a couple of days off yeah. and she was like you've been on holiday what are you talking about that like, she was like you're proper first world problems and I guess it is but at the end of the day like they weren't relaxing holidays but I think it depends what you what you reason is in the end as a holiday where it sounds like from what what you've said is that I would call those a trip or an adventure (laughs) rather than a holiday do you know what I mean when you went to Turkey in the summer that was a holiday. Where you read a book and laid on a lounger. Yeah. That's a holiday, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Where to go and be, like, say, be kind of like dune bugging and, cl- and climbing and doing this and exploring and stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah, you're probably not doing more, more steps and expending more energy than you would do so many steps. if you were sat at your desk editing. Yeah, my phone is literally alerting me daily now, like, you're not doing as many steps <laughs> as you have for the last month. And I'm like, I wonder why. Because I, I was yeah. walking around Vegas all the time. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then had two weeks to, like, get everything sorted. And that, that was an intense two weeks because it's like, 
suddenly clients are realizing that the tracker hasn't moved in a while. And even though I've got on there saying, I'll be on holiday and the tracker's not moving, they're still messaging me like, just wondering why the tracker's not moving. It's like, yeah, I've been on holiday. I, I, I'll, be, I'll be like getting back to it, but then I have to explain that I'm going on holiday again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard, isn't it? Obviously, you know, when you've got people that are waiting for their films and yeah. they kind of see, only see that element of, you know, oh, yeah. you know, I, I want my film when it's not there. But then most people uh, are really good, and we we keep them updated and everything. But sometimes I think it's a bit like they're looking at it like, oh, I done what's going on here, sort of thing, and we have to sort of explain. But but then, so we went to Dubai, and at the same time, you went to you had a last minute trip to. I did Disney. a very very last minute trip to Disney. Yeah, I ended up going. We were obviously we're we're going both at the same time in January. Yeah. Um, and the same thing happened. Like we had some kind of family stuff going on, which was kind of a little bit much. And so I noticed I had a week in my diary that I, I could take. There's valuable weeks. Um, so, yeah. yeah, just a week. It was yeah. going to, again, it was going to be an editing week. It was going to be an admin week. Um, and I was like, well, do you know what? I think we do need to just, you know, just kind of for me personally, we just need, we do just need to get away. But, you know, put some distance between us and the UK and just kind of yeah. have some time away just to kind of reflect on what's happened, sort ourselves out and kind of change the conversation. And in that respect, it was great. Like we went, we went to Florida for five days. We did two park days and the other three days we literally did sit by the pool nice. um, and just kind of wander. And it, although they, again, it the, the, the five days went by really, really quickly. I do feel that when we arrived back in England, it felt like we'd been away for longer than five days. Oh, really? And it okay. was a really nice distraction. So, yeah. yeah, it was good. Oh, that's good. So it's worth it then. Definitely uh, worth it. And also I think I'm, I'm not somebody normally, which is that spon- like spontaneous. Yeah, no, To be able to literally book a holiday and then go, shit. You literally messaged me. 16 like, days time. Yeah. We're going away. And it seemed unreal <laughs> to me. I've never booked anything that quick in all of my life. Yeah. Like six days to literally book something. And then by the time that a full month from it comes round... I've booked for it, paid for it, been on it, and been back a week. Yeah. And it's quite a short, short amount of time as well for, like, so far away, I think, anyway. Lots of people said that to me. Yeah, they were yeah. like, you're going to Florida for five days. Yeah. But then I'm like, and I kind of doubted myself in the end and was like, well, it's my favourite place in this, in this entire planet. It's where, go, it's where I love to be. Yeah. Where I go at least yearly. Yeah. Um, and we weren't going to go this year because we're going in January. So to be able to go just for five days and do that was brilliant. But also, I kind of feel like, I went to New York for six days. The flight's pretty much the same time. The time difference is the same. Yeah. yeah. But when you go to New York, everyone's like, oh no, you shouldn't go for a long weekend. Yeah. But yeah. if I go it's literally like just down the coast to Florida. It's because of where it is. Everyone expects that you're going to go there and do all the parks because you're going to do a full on holiday. Yeah, but then when you go as often as we do, you don't need to do every single thing. Because it, it doesn't change that much. Like, fair enough, yeah. we rode some of the new stuff that wasn't there when we went last we did, time. Yeah. But. It, yeah, it was nice. It's just, it's just somewhere that, again, it was nice to go somewhere, which is really happy, but also feels really familiar. Yeah. So, like, it, I kind of felt like I slipped into the routine of that really quickly. Like that urge True, to kind yeah. of go, oh, this is all new. I want to get out and explore all the time wasn't so much there. I feel like that's probably why it felt like you'd been there for longer because you already see it as like a place where you know and you've been to yeah. for a long like period of time over Which the Which was a the deliberate reason there. as to why that we, we went there because we knew... Well, that's your happy place, isn't it? Exactly so, that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much exactly that. And some ways that we could slip into and know exactly what we were going to get, exactly kind of how it was going to roll. Yeah. And that was what we both needed was, yeah. was really, really good. And sometimes that familiarity on holiday is actually quite good. There's a hotel yeah. in Crete that, we, Crete that me and Kate have been back to a couple of times because like we know exactly what we're getting when we go there all the food the restaurants how the drinks work and everything like that and just sometimes that's quite nice just to go somewhere and just be like I know it's going to be 
Yeah, and when you're blessed, you know, with, the, with us, with our jobs, with the way that we do things, yeah. it's like, you know, when we went to New York, we had our adventure. Like, I went, obviously, went and did the destination in Malta this summer. So I've done my share of going to new places and exploring new things. Yeah. Sometimes it is nice just to kind of pull on that old pair of slippers, as it were. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And know that that's exactly what you're going to get. And even though that that week obviously was a valuable editing week um, that I probably needed to spend in front of my desk, I don't regret growing in the slightest. Yeah. I feel that now I've come back, I feel like I'm actually really readied to kind of get back to my desk and get through those jobs that I've got on the editing good, pile, yeah. Yeah. where I think if kind of everything that was going on before I left, if I'd have just kind of tried to pull myself together and battle my way through it, I would have had a lot of unproductive days or a lot yeah. of days where I was turning up to my desk really half-heartedly and being like, oh, I just need to get this done. Yeah. And not gone into it with the same levels of enthusiasm or kind of pace that I would have done by just taking a few days away to recover Excuse. and then coming back at it. It's the same amount of work is getting done. And that's like, this is quite important is sometimes you do need to take yourself away yes. to make to make sure you're doing the full amount basically because like you said I, I reckon then if you'd have stayed and carried on doing that you'd be you'd be working at the same pace still almost like definitely still, yeah. I probably would have felt a damn sight worse but yeah. not been any further through my editing through pile editing. Yeah. than I would have done by taking essentially five days off and two of them were a weekend so I, they're days that I could have been shooting anyway so in kind of terms of desk days yeah. I only really lost like three like three or four days Yeah. so yeah, it's definitely worth it. You took your Leica out there, didn't you? As well, I did. Yes, the Leica, yeah. the Leica went with me, which is the first. I, I was skeptical when I first when I first packed it, and was like, "Do I take it to essentially take it to a theme park with me?" Yeah. But then it was really nice actually to kind of like again somewhere I've been before, so I don't feel that need to like, oh, here's a ride. I'm gonna do this. Yeah, yeah. Kind of see it and kind of appreciate it and kind of use a little bit to take a little bit of kind of personal work and that's, there's so much yeah. colour and so much kind of theatre over there to kind of just, just take some so kind of stuff, some yeah. nice photos of kind of the places that we went like when we got like, the, the boat across the lagoon like oh I'll take some photos and yeah, I, was, and yeah and it was, I found it really quite therapeutic to almost be taking photos there and, and because and, it's more of an the Leica's more of an experienced camera isn't it so yeah. you don't have to like it's not like you're taking a Sony out there exactly that. and I found like on my park days I didn't take it to the theme park with me yeah I was like I don't want to chuck it in the footwell of Thunder Mountain in case I kick it <laughs> <laughs> but on the days that we were just kind of strolling around resorts or going for a wander on the beach or whatever, yeah. it, it, it came with me. And I think now when we go back in January, I think it's definitely going to come again. And it's yeah. nice to kind of have, again, kind of put some importance over somewhere that I love so much and kind of and be able to capture that yeah. in that way. It's just because for us, like most of us who do this job, like started because we love just taking photos of random things. Yeah. Right? And then you stop doing it because you do it for a job. But like have taken something out, on holiday or on a trip is quite nice because then you you know then you can put a bit more importance on it than than just getting your phone out and quickly exactly that. I think because I took the Leica with me it's almost that intention was there yeah. like on the days that I took it with out you know for a wander or when we were going out for the day I was like oh, I've got it with me so there was yeah. kind of like oh I could take this and there was the intention was there but without the pressure of like kind of oh I have to take photos yeah. but because I wanted to I had it with me and kind of shot quite intentionally with it where it wasn't just kind of like oh I'm going to carry it everywhere and see what happens yeah. because in those moments I find that I reach for my phone even more because uh, it's just convenient yeah, so if exactly. you see something quick you just can't snap that that like your phone's always much more readily available than rooting in my bag get my light out, take a lens cap off yeah. and do 100%. that so I kind of find that you use it in different ways but the kind of the want to use it was there and it still never felt like work yeah. which it would have been if I took the Sony with me and if you've got the time to be intentional as well, then it's it's worth like because you've you've been out there before and you sort of know what to expect. You can be intentional without thinking, oh, I need to go and frame this up and whatever, yeah. because you know what what roughly what you're yeah, going to see what when it you're looks going. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's 
having to bring in a camera along so it lends itself to that whereas I'm going to let Evan at the yard otherwise yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's kicking off. off who thought we would have a sunny day in October we film 30 rainy summer weddings and then we do a podcast on a random October day and it's sunny <laughs> yeah, I'm I got wet in July and now my dog wants to sunbathe in October <laughs> but, there we good go times. Yeah, so but you found I'm reading from the notes here though, that you found maybe a slightly opposite experience. Yeah, so you're away. I um, have the Fuji X100V, and that's my like personal camera that it basically sits and gathers dust unless I'm on holiday. <laughs> um, and I've had that once, sold it to get something which is a bit better for like professional work because I thought it didn't get used enough, and I got it back yeah. because it's again it's an experienced camera. Like, yes, definitely. It feels better just using that on holiday than than taking a Sony out with me, right? But I, didn't, I found I didn't end up using the Fuji a lot. And I ended up getting, I've got the iPhone 14 Pro. Um, I just ended up taking raw photos on this phone and getting back and editing them and thinking, Jesus, like, and, and some photos, I sort of put all my Fuji photos that I'd edited with the same preset as I'd edited the iPhone ones with and put them all together. And some, no shit, sometimes I was looking at them like, You're struggling to tell I, the I difference. couldn't tell the difference, yeah. And obviously the experience is different. And once you get into low light, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different. The Fuji's not great in low light anyway, but I found... For Vegas, I knew I wasn't going to use it much because I was with yeah. friends and I feel like no one else, if I'm going on holiday, I'm the one taking them with friends. I'm the one taking yeah. the most photos. Barely. Especially when you've got friends that aren't photographers yeah, as well. They're and they're kind and of, that. Yeah, yeah that, that, that onus of, oh, he's stopping to take a photo is not, not the same if yeah. you're in good we'll company. We'll get to the Grand yeah. Canyon, they'll take their phone out, they'll take a snap and they're done. Whereas I've got my action camera out, my phone out, my Fuji out, I'm taking loads yeah. of different, like making sure I get every single area captured and whatever. So I knew I wasn't going to use it a lot in Vegas, but I just ended up using my phone so much more. And because I take a lot of value on um, me being in the photo or when we're on holiday, me and Kate being in the photo, it was much better giving someone else my phone to take a photo of. Because every time without fail that I've given someone a Fuji, it's come back out of focus. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I like, tap to focus and then press the thing and they just they just don't get it. Whereas, you know, if you give someone your iPhone, they're going to instantly know how to use it. Because yeah. every single person has used the camera like an iPhone. And I think as well, like, if you look back to kind of the episode that we did on our camera journeys, that was probably what, a couple of episodes ago now, yeah. two or three episodes ago. Like as much as those cameras have come a long way, people don't use cameras in the same way like Joe yeah. Public don't use the cameras the same yeah. so they expect to be handed a phone or and phones have come so much further now that like you said yourself the, the gap is less yeah. and so I think it stands to reason sometimes that it's just like you say it's just easier to give somebody a phone you know that you stand a better chance of getting something usable something back usable, yeah. rather than you've got this lovely like 24 megapixel full frame shot you're blurry because they've just tapped on the background or whatever <laughs> because that's the that, yeah or they don't have to focus it with well, the phone portrait mode phone shot yeah, yeah that, that people look at it and they're like wow this looks really professional it's like yeah it's my phone mate but um and then kate's got the new iphone 15 pro for, so for dubai when we went there we end up using that quite a lot because they've got the new thing where you can zoom in to you can set the default lens um like the main sensor to a 28 mil, a 24 mil, or a 35 mil. Ooh. So you can set it to 35 mil by default. And obviously it's like, but by definition, a digital zoom. Yeah. But because it's taken the 40 meg 48 megapixels from sensor, downscale into 12, and then it's taking 48 megapixel photo, a 12 megapixel photo, and then joining up to 24. So you don't notice a difference in that digital zoom pretty yeah. much at all. And where it's 35 mil, it's so much better for me because I think one of the telltale signs of an iPhone photo is it's like a picture of two people together on 24 mil. There's so much yeah. random stuff fluffing. Yeah, it's, it's that, it's almost like that kind of like standard 
wide angle distortion as well yeah. you know that it's come from from a phone, from a phone yeah. so we just put her camera in, her camera her iphone sorry in 35 mil and for like we went up to this um, place called aura sky pool which is basically like an infinity pool on the 50th floor of this hotel wow. most incredible thing best thing we've done there definitely and it was just so relaxing and chilled you're there for four hours a chill music playing you're having cocktails really bougie but sounds like, horrible uh, sounds yeah. absolutely horrible disgusting <laughs> <laughs> a view of like the palm and that it was yeah it was so cool um but again, like, even though I could have easily got my Fuji out and taken photos of the views, didn't bother because I just literally got Kate's phone out, 35 mil. It takes, in the non-raw mode, it takes a photo like normal and then it takes the portrait mode data. So if you want to change it into portrait mode, you can oh, do that cool. afterwards. Oh, that's cool. It's, it's yeah. in the file that you can Whereas change you used it. to have to choose, like, select portrait yeah. mode. And then they didn't have the same processing in portrait mode. So the quality would be worse in portrait mode as well. But now it's just all the same. So you literally can get it out, take the photo, and then you can do what you want with it afterwards, essentially. So I didn't end up getting the Fuji out until it turned to nighttime, at which point I'd be like, because I don't think iPhones take very good photos of like things like cityscapes and stuff at night yeah. time. I end up getting the Fuji out then. And even then I look back and I'm like, they're not that great because yeah, the low light it's on still limited, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I ended up getting home and just being like, I've now been on two of the biggest, you know, trips I've been on um, in recent years and just not really bothered using it that much. And sort of, I think sometimes well, it's like a portability thing. So like, yeah. I was saying with the Leica, because I enjoy using it so much and I don't use it for work, I still kind of get that novelty of like, oh, I'm going to take it out and take some photos of where yeah. I am. But I say my theme about days are other days. It's so easy. Your phone is naturally about your person. Yeah. And it's like, there's, there's got to be a real trade-off in the end to have a reason to pull that phone out, to pull the camera out rather yeah, exactly. and yeah. use it. And if you're not getting that, and also kind of maybe from a vanity point of view is, I don't, we have lots of art on the walls in our house but we don't have lots of photos and definitely not photos of each other so if I was to yeah. take my camera out and take, take like a skate photo of the Grand Canyon there's every chance that I might actually print that but if it's just a photo of me stood by it, it the memory for me is in the photo it lives in my camera roll it lives on my, on my computer or whatever yeah. I can go back and look at that at any point I don't particularly need that to be a high quality like no. kind of full frame Very photo yeah. because yeah. the memory is the content of the photo rather than the quality of the photo where if I was going to go oh I'm going to print this lovely picture that I took of the Grand Canyon yeah. I would n need it to be a, a degree of quality or have room to edit it in a way that kind of so that I would want to display it it's funny you should say that after what we were talking about off camera before this about content creators at weddings you're literally yeah. saying that memory doesn't need to be like fully highly, highly polished and everything and I think it's true though well. I don't, I don't yeah. think it does it's funny yeah. so we had a massive conversation we can dip into this but I think there's probably a full episode more, more than a full episode in it alone yeah there's definitely is obviously we've um, you know we, we are at the end of the year starting to look at bookings for next year and starting to hear ripples of stuff and that kind of subject around content creators um, is definitely something which is going to come up I'm still yet to work with one but I'm almost yeah. you know 100% sure that next year by the time that we sit in, the, in these seats that we will have done probably multiple weddings where we've worked alongside content, content creators, content creators. Yeah. and we were kind of talking about it of you know kind of finding out how they work and what they actually deliver and that idea of having kind of a lots of kind of candid behind the scene moments that immediately and not only in photo but and in video from the same person and i kind of theorized in the end from the end of our um from our conversation didn't i that maybe that almost we're a, we're a, a victim of kind of of it because now that you know photographers take on more editing times creep out people want that kind of immediacy yeah but then at the same time they're not fussed like we've just said about 
yeah, that candid moment of just laying on their laying over their friends while they're drunk. They don't need that taken on, on, on my quality. on my Sony camera. Yeah. Don't wait three months. They just want the photo because yeah. that was the funny bit from then. So that almost we, could our jobs become a point where we are being brought in pretty much for groups and portraits and yeah. the stuff that like you know kind of photographers that the photographers like our parents had one was brought in for those big moments like kind of the important things that you need someone of skill for and then the content creator will be there doing just the, the candid stuff yeah, yeah that's what we we're saying isn't it that photography might end up going back to like you hire your photographer to get your like ready setup stuff and then you and then you hire your content creator Which, you know, if you'd probably asked me last week or a couple of weeks ago I'd go oh well, you need this and it's really important yeah. but then the conversations that we literally just had while I was talking about that and talking about our holidays yeah. is we've just defined that yeah kind of the stuff of us in it or even those kind of more candidy bits 100% I'm quite happy just to take it on my phone yeah I think the the I watched a YouTube video once that changes my whole perspective on holiday photos because I used to take or I used to take you know my Sony and a twenty four seventy and I used to be I used to stop at places and just try, really try to frame up the shot and everything like that and then I sort of realised that I'm not gonna do anything with them anyway for a start <laughs> but also every like so many people photographers non photographers whatever have gone to that location. It's probably quite a touristy location, like yep. somewhere in Iceland, at Waterford, Iceland, or whatever, and got that exact same photo that I'm yep. getting. So why am I doing that when I could set up the camera and get a photo of me and Kate, or like yeah. just give someone a phone, which is much more valuable to me and Kate than a photo of just the waterfall on its own. And I find that, and again, that was exactly the reason that, I'm, that I didn't take my camera into the into the park base with me. Yeah, it's like, and I, and I, I thought when I was stood there at that moment, you know, you walk down Main Street and the castle's in front of you, and I kind of have that. I wonder how many photos of that castle are going to yeah. be taken today. Yeah, alone. True, yeah, just today. Yeah, like not let alone since it was built. And your iPhone and twenty-four mil, loads of heads in the way. Yeah, and, just like, and, it's like, and that's been taken. Yeah, time and time and time again. Yeah, and so it's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not offering anything original. Like I could have brought my kit all over, say, set my trial. It's been ages trying yeah. to take this most perfect photo, and it's still going to be probably hundreds of people out there that have gone to that same, same effort day. that I had. Yeah, but like I say, it's 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 in the end you're going to hamper your own enjoyment of that moment yeah especially exactly. when you're kind of content creating for yourself on holiday yeah like you're you are, not yeah, there you, are, yeah. you know in the same way you're not if you hire someone to follow you around and oh that'd be cool though wouldn't it i do think there could be a market for this you know <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought like i, I spoke to somebody and i don't know where it was might be when i was in malta and i was thinking like how cool would it be just to be like a destination photographer not a wedding photographer yeah like imagine a family approached you it's like, I want you to come on 10 days holiday with us. Yeah, like we're staying in this villa. We're going to be doing lots of activities yeah. in different places. So, and so that we don't we have could... to carry our phones, we don't have yeah, to carry yeah. anything. We just want you to come and just document our whole holiday. Oh, this really annoyed me, actually. Did a, I did an um, excursion in Dubai, the standard one where you go to like the desert and do sandboarding and, yeah. and like um, with the quad biking and stuff like that. And then you go to like a show at the end where it's like they do fire breathers and belly dancers and stuff yeah. like that with a barbecue. That is pretty, it's a really popular thing in Dubai. The whole desert is full of these little camps that do the thing. And the reviews, I, I don't like reviews. I think they're really sketchy sometimes. The reviews are all quite like, it's five star, but they're all quite, they didn't really offer much, right? Yeah. But most of the five star reviews said the tour guide is great at taking photos. Um, which for me is is quite cool because again, like I want to photo of me and Kate somewhere, yeah. and some tour guides. So we did a we did a jet ski experience there. Um, definitely not trying to flex here, but the, <laughs> the, it just feels like I'm just listening <laughs> off all this stuff. Um, no, but, but again, the, the when, guy, when you're there, you want to make sure you make the most. Yeah, of but the your tour, the tour guide on a jet ski. No lie, he just had his iPhone and he's holding it up again, like up against the water, and he's getting these shots of us. 
and they were so good and afterwards he just airdropped them to us and like he was risking his phone after I heard him talking to someone else um, after the experience and he said that he recently dropped his iPhone into the water and just completely lost it and he had to buy a new one. He risks his phone to get the good photos of us yeah. and he was really good. This tour guide in the desert, oh my God, he took some of the worst photos. <laughs> he, he got me stood on this hill, right? Uh, uh, sorry, like a sort of sand dune, sand dune yeah. Um, put it into the ultra wide mode and then got right up sort of near me super low right bear in mind I'm a tall guy anyway yeah. my legs are three times the size of the rest of my body <laughs> and, then, and then these guys were standing behind looking at the photos like oh mate they're so good and I got them back and I was like what is this I'm straight you like the jolly green giant in the desert yeah. <laughs> so stupid and I was fuming when I got them back because I was like oh no everyone's got these nice photos that I've seen in the desert and he's taking these like <laughs> these spaghetti and, and the guy that was behind him going they're so sick is the guy that wrote the review that was yeah, going yeah. oh this time so, so, yeah. oh yeah that annoys me but I mean it's not their job so fair play but but don't you think though but then obviously the guy with the jet ski is a prime example where over time now people obviously have given him feedback where he knows what people want to see from yeah, those yeah. photos and so that he's, he's realised that it's oh if you get close to the water you get the cool reflection you get a cool angle or yeah I mean he takes the same photos of every every like jet ski because I've seen the ones on TripAdvisor but that's it though, isn't it but, but it's, it's that, that like 10,000 hours thing isn't it if you took the same photos of sort yeah. of 10 people in a day 7 yeah. days a week the law of averages by the time you've been doing that for a couple of months you'll be pretty you're damn good pretty it, good because yeah. you're doing the same thing over and the over again me and Kate and jet ski in front of Atlantis same one as every single other person got who's doing that shit but like, I love them they're such but again, a cool but photo. you can like that to a wedding can't you where you've been to a wedding and then gone oh well that bit works really well so yeah. I lean into that and do that angle slightly more and well, that not location, that you give people the yeah. same photos but you learn kind of the, the tip, the tips and tricks don't you to make your life or to get the most out of people yeah. and like you can argue the same you on, on your jet ski in front of the Atlantis is the same as someone in their finery in front of their wedding venue it's the it's that kind of like you're saying oh I don't want to flex but that's their flex moment that's that, it's yeah, their exactly, wedding day isn't it yeah yeah and it's kind of it's like and it's that same thing isn't it of kind of getting the best out of something and 100%. how you kind of perceive the value in it but yeah if you're listening and you're thinking oh i need a camera for holiday i honestly think the iphone 15 pro and an action camera is a good combo get the iphone take lots of photos on it it has loads of different focal lengths and stuff i use an action camera for like things like selfies because again important that we're in this shot and for like a lot of water stuff because when you go on a trip generally there's like a water park or yeah like went to the atlantis water park took an action camera along for like the rapids and stuff like that it was just like i think that's a perfect combo especially now although i i didn't realize that the the the, the 15 particularly now to, to have the scope that it does so to shoot the raw yeah. to merge files and stuff so what yeah a new, a new phone's probably what like 1500 pounds to buy the fuji v now is going to cost you pretty much that yeah but you use yeah. your phone every day so in terms of investment of what you can achieve back it's on the other so end it's, it. it's a pretty yeah, yeah. all the new phones are expensive but if you liken it that it's it is you know that content creation tool as well as you know your lifeline to the world your social media access yeah, it's a memory thing in terms tool, of the value that you get out of that phone yeah it's probably probably one of the better the, the most sound things that you spend your money on even if you don't go abroad and do a lot of stuff like that even if you've just got kids and you want to like take good yeah. video and photo of them and make it be a little bit more timeless so that in 10 years you're not looking at like what is this potato i've been filming on sort of yeah. thing like even stuff like that but coming back to the um, uh, content creator and like the the um, more candid sort of um, work that we were talking about, I have put in my notes that I want to talk about the Instagram versus candid. 
Okay. Because I'm sure you've addressed this before on your Instagram. And uh, yes, I did. Yeah. I, I had like a little rant and I got a little soapbox yeah. about it. Just throw it away. And, and I talked yeah. to a lot of photographers about it because it frustrates me so much because I, th- I feel like my style and the way we actually deliver films to couples doesn't gel with Instagram. So when we post on Instagram, it's generally a little bit more set up, a little bit of the more flashy stuff. But when we give it to couples, it's more like his, you know, a 10 minute film and eight minutes of its candid shots. Yeah. Whereas for, for the Instagram, it's like, here's a four minute film and three minutes of its couples and like, right, like nice looking stuff. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So just before I, went away, I posted a, um, uh, it was two images. So in like a carousel, let's say carousel with two photos of a bridesmaid reaction to seeing her friend in her dress or they were kind of helping getting ready and they were two yeah. really lovely kind of a really lovely moment between sort of a, a best friend you know on, on on their wedding day I posted it you know kind of nice little caption again the black a black and white frame and a colour frame of this kind of moment and it got somewhere in the region of like 50-ish likes which is still decent yeah. but then the sunset that I posted before that and the confetti photo that I posted the other side of it yeah. both exceeded 100 in far less time yeah. than that one really floundered mm-hmm. Where if you'd asked me which photo I was more proud of or which one has more meaning, definitely it's, it's, the, the, it's the lovely moment between yeah. the couple. And, I've, and when I sell my services, that's what I sell. Or if you ask me what are my favourite wedding photos, yeah. they're probably not the confetti moment. It's the shot with me with my nan who's not here anymore. It's a cool little interaction between. It's those real kind of tender family moments, yeah, which are the most important. Yeah, to and me. that's the thing that the couple is going to appreciate the most. Like ninety percent of the couples are going to appreciate that stuff yeah. much more than they appreciate the sunset. And I, and I always kind of like to want to be a person of integrity and be like, this is what I make. This is what I think. This is the only but thing I'm posting. But you do find in the end that you do end up just kind of having to, to kind of sell your soul a little bit. You need to make money. And so. you know that, yeah, that you know that that stuff sells. Yeah. And if you get a golden sunset, it doesn't matter if you've had two others this year that look kind of similar, <laughs> that they're still going to, they're still going to hit the big likes. Yeah. And anybody that says that they don't kind of enjoy what their work getting liked or kind of, you know, whether, whether you kind of hold loads of value in that, like I'm fully aware that likes and Instagram don't pay my bills, yeah. but I still want to be seen. And if the confetti moments and the sunsets and the fireworks get more views than me showing reach. grandma's yeah. hand clutching the, the a bride's shoulder yeah. during a speech, then I'm probably going to end up sharing it. Yeah. And I almost kind of, almost want to be a martyr and kind of, and intentionally show lots more of those moments. Yeah. So that, I'm not responsible for just kind Normalize of... Normalise it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're saying it's very much normalising that, but you've got to be aware that at the moment, probably 25-ish percent of my bookings come from Instagram. Yeah. And so in order to be, to be so for someone to log on to Instagram and go, oh, that's our venue. Oh, that looks amazing. We want that. We'll get in contact with that guy. Yeah. They may be not when you show a frame that could be taken absolutely anywhere. Yeah. And I feel like when people are looking at your work and trying to figure out whether it's right for them... If you've taken, if you've got on there a moment which is only really going to make sense to the couple that you photograph, they're going to look at it and be like, "What's this of? Like, what's happening here? Why is it just someone yeah. fluffing a dress or whatever? Like, it it doesn't make sense in the context of just a, a square." I think, that, and that was one of the biggest things because I, I did get a little bit angry about this, maybe more than I should have done, and I did put a couple of stories up and said, you know, that why is this the case? And I love seeing a different side to you. <laughs> I had quite a lot of messages, some from photographers and some from previous clients of mine and some from even people that are friends. Yeah. And more or less said, you know, when you shot our wedding, I love 
these photos, yeah. the moment ones, but they only mean something to me because that is my best friend and yeah, that is yeah. my nan. Yeah. When you look at her from a stranger, she's just an old lady clutching my shoulder. It doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. It only means something to the person that you've shot it for. So stuff like a sunset can be enjoyed by everyone and i guess we can link it back to our argument about you with the grand canyon a minute ago where if you take a beautiful photo of the grand canyon somebody else can appreciate that as a cool photo of the grand canyon yeah where if i was if, in it if, if there was you and kate doing yourself with the grand canyon that means something to you it's and kate because you're there yeah. you you're invested in that moment where yeah. if you post that on instagram it to a wider audience the less people know you guys yeah. it doesn't mean as much to them does it so it's Whereas a lovely sunset photo they're probably looking at that like, that's my venue that's a good sunset i can yeah. picture myself in that position yeah you're almost because you're not in it you you can allow yourself to kind of yeah to insert yourself into the into frame it. yeah kind of vicariously but when you spell that out for somebody and put you in it as much as people unless they, if they know you can be pleased for you or like it because it's you it can also detract from yeah and it is really hard because i always want to try and you know i, I sell my business on, on offering natural or authentic and moments Stuff, yeah. and and really pride myself that probably if I was to enter awards or you to ask me if the images that I'm most proud of that I've made for people I would probably always dig into those yeah. really tender family frames I photograph a lot of hands in my work a lot of kind of body language stuff but it wouldn't be the stuff that would be the most kind of widely liked. Yeah, I love that they're really close, like hand shots of just like one hand on top of another, like it's comforting so powerful. somebody or it's those really, little bits. really, really powerful. Yeah. But again, only when you know, oh, that's grandma's hand or well, yeah, and that that's that whoever, yeah. Um, yeah, I think context is a, is a big part of it, but I also just think like what sells now is just making life look yeah. unrealistic, isn't it? That's just what it Sadly, is. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think that's true. And you know, we were saying as well off, off camera before we started this is that you know, and me letting Max out the, out the garden, um, that the weather this year has made to try and, you know, people that book summer weddings expect sunshine. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. and anyone who tells you, oh, I don't mind if it rains when they've booked a wedding in the middle of July is an absolute lie. I'm yeah. sorry, that's it. Like, they, they, they tell themselves to make themselves feel better because they've got yeah. a wet day. Yeah. If you pay a summer premium for a wedding, you expect that summer, that summer weather. Um, and I feel like I've been pretty lucky this year that I've only had probably a handful of wet days where I saw something on Instagram, I think it was yesterday, of someone that obviously shoots a lot less than I do and said they shot 18 weddings this summer and 15 of them have rained. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I think, what was it, the last time we recorded, I said half. I think you did about 50%, yeah. Yeah, half had rained. I think that's probably about right, actually. If I'm, if I'm on like somewhere between 30 and 35 is what I've had this year and I think half... Yeah, and so when you and when you're looking to try and build market material and get those big kind of yeah. you know wow dramatic sun moments, it can be really hard when you can only yeah. deal with what you've given. And in some ways, it's nicer because those tender family moments will be there, rain or shine. They'll yeah. be there whatever venue you're in, so you know you can make your client happy. But when you are looking for marketing material, and let's be honest about it, that's what as much as you make those images for your couples, yeah. when you get that lovely golden sunset and you get, you know, the, the real kind of portfolio couple, they're, they're, the they're, they're, they're still a part of you in your mind going, this is, that, that's, that, that's, that's my campaign for the, yeah, for the, yeah, next, for the, for the winter done. Yeah. I feel like, um, I, I really want to post, like when I go through the footage after a wedding day, I notice like certain moments. I'm like, that's a really cool moment. I, I love that. And then I think about how I'm going to post it. And I'm like, 
can I make it vertical? Probably not. If I post it landscape, it's not going to get very many likes because vertical content yeah. gets much better reach and stuff like that. And then it's like, do I have to put some into a reel and make it into a nice little edit? And by the time I've thought of all that, I'm like, I can't be asked to post this too much effort. shot anymore. Yeah. It's too much effort. Yeah. Which is a real shame. And I think like, I've, I, I, do, I do really wrestle with the integrity over that because I always try and you know market myself or or show show up to my couples as a most authentic version of me yeah. which is kind of which is why i try and inject so much personality in my stories so that people really feel that they do get to know me as a person or feel that i'm, I'm not being kind of superficial or pretentious in any of the way that i photograph them yeah but it's really hard to not get sucked into that and you know and all the people that messaged me as well when i posted that couple to go oh yeah we really love those photos too yeah. but they only love the ones that i made for them because they yeah and, it, yeah. and it's it's kind of coming to peace with that to go okay you need to keep posting this and I, I still find it really bizarre is that when you have zoom calls with couples or you chat to couples that's what they want yeah. they want those moments with their family but they contacted you because they saw your confetti photo or they saw your thing yeah so it's almost like this weird kind of like it's, double kind of yeah thing anyways they, they've definitely drunk the kool-aid on the sunset but then once they've actually dug into your work it's those it's those family moments which have kind of really driven them or cemented their decision that you're the person to, to document their day. Yeah, I think what you said about digging in, that's important. Like they have to go past the Instagram. Like once they then hop onto the portfolio or go onto your website, that's where the big differences lie. And yeah. I, I know that when a couple inquires to me and they say, we've got this person as a photographer, first thing I'll do is go on their website and I will probably judge them and their style by that big banner photo that yeah. appears at the top. And so, most of the time it's a couple shoot, but sometimes you will see like this, the big spread banner is like a crazy dance move that a guest is doing. And yeah. I'm like, I already know I'm going to like this person and like the way that they're shooting because yeah. I know that they've chosen to show that photo as like their top main photo. So. Definitely. And I think that's something I was, again, like we were talking at the start of the episode about wanting to change up those images this year and really refresh, yeah. refresh that. Um, and someone sold it to me and I can't remember who it was because I wish I wish I could so I could thank them is that I've always very much seen that if I owned a physical shop like if I had like an actual studio yeah. is that my Instagram grid would be the, the window space and you're and essentially on, on Instagram you're visual merchandising you know you're making that you're having that hot looking mannequin in there with the best clothes on yeah. to, to physically get people through the get door people in, yeah. and that's all that Instagram needs to be for me yeah, is, to, yeah. is to physically wow people enough and dangle enough shiny things Shut in window. front of them yeah. to get them to come into my physical space and yeah. then once they step through that you know that kind of shiny front window of my, of my store of my Instagram window they step onto my website yeah. and that is you know the, the the bricks and mortar within my shop. I've you know I've I've lured them in if you like with the kind of the shiny yeah. stuff from Instagram. Agreed. And yeah. then I thought once you get to the website, you can afford then to start to dig in and say and show some more of a, a much more rounded perception of what you do actually create on a wedding day. And I think you need to to give people an honest an honest expectation of what you're going to make for them. Yeah. But at that point you've lured them in you've done the hard work in that you've kind of attracted them with the shiny things that you can afford to show them they don't need to be wowed as much they need to kind of they're, they're, they're coming to you with a much more honest expectation then yeah and in kind of in my head I always visualise it that way as Instagram is shop window website is shop that's where they come in and they get the brochure that's where they find out about the pricing they find out about the nitty gritty by yeah. talking to the guy in the shop or you know picking up the, the brochure off the shelf or reading the price tags on stuff that's and it's much less about when you go on your website, it's much less about what your stuff looks like and more about like yourself, yeah. yourself basically. Like, who are you? What your price is? What, what's your, exactly like, that. what's your approach towards? Whereas Instagram, you, 
it's like you say it's just a sh- who's who's good who does like good looking stuff oh this person yeah. this person this person go to the websites right who am I going to get on with yes and then it, like it sort of filters yeah. in from there and I think it? it's, 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 it's that thing is it like nobody stumbles on your website as much as people say they love to yeah. even with the best SEO in the world there still has to be like your website isn't at the top of the funnel it's yeah. somewhere it's in somewhere, the middle yeah. they've either been lured in by searching something through Google or being referred to the by, by another venue or yeah. recommendation or by finding a cool photo of yours on Instagram that's yeah. all kind of much more at the kind of wider end of the funnel stuff especially now I feel like SEO uh, when we first started Google was like 90% of our bookings and now it's probably 10 yeah. maybe even though we're I think still first page just about it's nowhere near as good like, as it used to be uh, having just a website at the top of SEO or again I find that I do still get a healthy amount of inquiries from Google but sometimes the quality in those Google leads aren't always the same because they haven't yeah, because been they're lured in. Everything and yeah, just they're literally just going everyone. through, and again, they're yeah. more or less jumping straight into the shop without looking at the window. Yeah. There's not there's that they're looking under parameter of I've Googled Hampshire wedding photographer yeah. and just opened and 10, you've 10 up, taps. So um, you've appeared. Yeah. Again, like again, it's like you're someone's just you just you've kind of fallen through the door yeah, the of your shop. Definitely different. There's no kind of they've not really kind of gone into that funnel if that's kind of the market in terms. Well, of I find they're not always as local as well. Like it'll be someone from somewhere in Essex or yeah. like up north or something like oh, I've just found you on Google because I feel like on Instagram because certain things target certain people it, it often sure. ends up being sort of closer I quite like doing weddings elsewhere personally yeah. I, I looked through my well, I, I'm yeah, sort of targeting Hampshire wedding videography normally when I'm trying to do SEO stuff but I looked for our weddings this year and I don't think we've shot in Hampshire more than a couple of times Bad, isn't it? because we just shoot everywhere else and I prefer that to be honest so. I find mine's probably been about a 50-50 split like my, my, my kind of H1 and priority is still Hampshire wedding photographer but then I've probably done as many weddings in yeah, Western East Sussex because we're so close yeah. we're, where we are to that border oh, if yeah, I go and shoot say a wedding at somewhere like Southend Barnes which is a West Sussex venue I've shot yeah. there a handful of times this year and it's probably now one of my most frequented venues but it's not a Hampshire venue but I feel like with your if you see it as like a heat map I feel like you're very concentrated on like Portsmouth and West yeah. Sussex and, think, yeah, and East, yeah, East Hampshire like literally like there right yeah. whereas if you look at ours it's like it sort of starts around Hampshire and just spreads out from there like I feel like we do a little bit more variety in terms of the distances but you're very much like yeah. If someone's getting married at like Square Tower, you're, they're going to be there. Yeah. And I would go yeah. if someone went home there. But I must admit, since the pandemic, I have I have honed it that way. I've reined the mileage in my packages a little bit. Yeah. Only because I want to stay longer and, and give more. And I think part of me was like, if I was in Kent for the night and knew I had like a two and a half hour drive home, mm. there would still be a part of me that's thinking, I want to get on the road soon. Yeah. Um, so, but I feel like there's value for what for you being known for being that if someone's looking for a photographer in the area, you are going to pop up it because has its, you're it so. It has its ups and downsides. It's no, yeah. it's lovely to come across as a trusted and experienced person at your venue, but at the same time, sometimes I do find that if you probably looked through your venue list of the year, say if you've done thirty weddings, they might be in twenty different venues. Yeah. Where my thirty weddings might be in seven. Yeah. So I, I like do. So, so right. I do find yeah. that I frequent the same places. Yeah. More. Than, than maybe sometimes I would like yeah um, but how have so come into like the end of the season we're obviously thinking about next year how has bookings been for next year I feel like it's been a roller coaster this year yeah. like I feel like things have come in absolute waves like it's not been kind of that steady kind of build of bookings summer was a drought wasn't it, it, <laughs> it was. in terms of bookings literally yeah. I kind of feel yeah. like I think I, I looked the other day that by the end of May I already had kind of well into the teens bookings for next year yeah same yeah. and then I more or less had 
eight, ten weeks where I booked maybe one wedding yep. and really doubted kind of Between whether May I was, July, we- was like, whether I was going to get any gonna... more bookings for the year. Yeah. And then kind of we got through to the end of August and then September and the beginning of this month have just been an absolute wave again. Yeah. And I'm almost at the point now where I'm thinking, well, I don't really want to take any more because I want to leave a portion of the availability that I've got left for those kind of good short notice weddings that come in. Or I know that January is going to be a raft again of inquiries. Yeah. And I don't either want to overbook or be turning people away to, from good weddings because I've, yeah, I've exactly. jumped on weddings too early. Yeah. So I think... I'm, I'm sat here at the moment mindful of every inquiry that does come through my website. I'm probably looking over it a little bit harder going, okay, Do you, is that yeah. a gap that I'm willing, you yeah. know, am I going to take, you know, I, I dear mark that have weekend as, 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 as a weekend off. Yeah. yeah. Or have I got one afterwards? How near is that one? Where yeah. before it'd be, okay, I need the wedding. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. I take it. I'm probably almost kind of trying to find fault or making sure that where I'm sat here with probably only seven or eight spaces, that I'd want to fill before I could kind of cast myself as being fully booked. Yeah. I really want to make sure that I, I kind of only take on the ones which I know are definitely going to be kind of, you know, or as much as you can tell that they're going to be good bookings. Yeah. I always say that going, if you go, if you're going into a year more than two thirds booked, then you're probably too cheap. But I, I, I mean, we are that, yeah. going into the year more than two thirds booked as well. Literally, I can't say anything, but I do think that that is because you're going to get in January, you're going to get that wave. Yes. Then you're going to get some last minute ones. And if, if you're going into a year not having that flexibility to take some really cool ones, let's say you get like a last minute destination, but you've just booked a local venue that you don't like because you were worried about not getting bookings, you're going to be gutted. You are, yeah. So I feel like going into going into the year, two thirds books is a really good like middle point. But I think as well, like you said though, is you did a price increase or what you would call a significant price increase yeah. in kind of the Easter time of this year, didn't you? So yeah. in some ways that rule of kind of, Oh, don't you know if I'm too cheap? It almost seems that oh, can I put my price up again? Do you know That's what I mean? It. Like, can can I jump twice in a year? Because I did that. Because it seems that you shouldn't be able to. Yeah. Because of the volume, but then everything's telling you that that's that's what you should be doing because of the volume that's coming through the door. That's it. Go with but the then stats. you think, well, I could be shooting some of my weddings next year, which are almost I could have weddings that are more or less twice in, yeah, in financial yeah. money yeah. what the early ones that booked me are yeah. and it doesn't seem right which again I guess either means that you were either way too cheap to begin with and you yeah. only kind of caught up with where you should have been or next year I think is maybe going to be one of those kind of more bumper years of weddings and so it's seeing like how you suddenly sustain wanting that. to spend a little bit and I mean like this is exactly what you just said like we yeah. we did a what we had call a significant price increase then we had that weird we had a couple of bookings at that price and had that weird drought but now things are coming in and rolling in sort of like they normally would yeah. almost like it's normal again and we're getting bookings and we're we're very quickly booking up for next year thinking do we need to raise our prices again? But yeah. I already think I'm quite expensive like I'm not expensive yeah. compared to other videographers but in my head that's a lot of money still and yeah. I'm thinking can I really do that again? But in, I know looking at the stats, I'm getting too many inquiries and bookings yeah. to what I need. Basically. But I think as well, though, like is if you look at the quality of the work this year, I feel that you've really kind of, you know, you're a good few years in now. And I feel yeah. like I'm, hopefully that I've done the same is that I'm at a kind of quite a nice point at the moment where I'd never want to feel complacent that yeah. I kind of go, I know everything. I'm, I'm definitely oh, not yeah, there. Definitely, yeah. But I'm at a point where I'm like, no, I am experienced. I do know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, there's people coming into this industry which are only probably a couple of hundred quid light of where I was before my yeah, yeah. price increase. And I know that I offer so much more value than those guys. 
So it's kind of finding that that I kind of I feel like I've really rounded my experience out this year, and maybe by doing this podcast as well. Kind of when you know the feedback we've had from that is that maybe we are imparting wisdom to people that hadn't considered that before. So that means it's like maybe I know more than I think I do. Yeah, and I feel that you're kind of the production level of the work that you produce. You've been you've been a lot more aware of your ability this year, and that's been reflected yeah. in the films that you've made. Yeah, or you've really settled on that kind of client that you want to that's what it is i think is settling on something that is a good middle ground like we we've tried you still try everything don't you and then yeah. go in and then you find your path and i feel like this year is like really where we found our path like, and where we want to be and that really comes across in so every couple um we do a booking a pre-booking call with every couple yeah and um we say to them you don't have to blow our trumpet but tell us why you stopped you've obviously gone through google or gone yeah. through lots of videographers we know people shop around why did you stop on us and book a call with us and 99 percent of the time they say because we looked around we found a lot of like too much setup stuff but your stuff was really fun and really candid and i'm like wow that is literally our brand yeah <laughs> like fun and candid right well, it shows that you're doing your job yeah, and what could, you're marketing yeah and that's such a like good feeling when someone just recites your brand to you and says yeah. like that that's what i saw in your films that i didn't see anyone else so i feel like we, yeah, we've really found our, our and spot i, I sure. found that i think particularly as well this year is that or i've it's been it's been more of a battle to stay in your lane this year i feel like there's been a real seismic shift particularly in that kind of mid to upper market level of the, okay. the wedding industry where i feel like a lot of people before that were doing that kind of kind of good classic candid nice rich grade mm. is that so many more people are flocking toward that super editorial super yeah, blurry yeah. super washed out yeah. and people before which had really established brands are even starting to kind of waft their way in that direction yeah. and i know we've had discussions about this on previous episodes where you know it's been well do i have to go that way in order yeah. to be able to charge more to or be to, relevant to, to have a market yeah. and i've i must have found it really hard to kind of go no but the people that have booked you have booked you for this. Yeah. And there are always going to be people out there that still want this. And if you don't like to, if you don't want to make that, you don't have to. And I've found it harder than ever to kind of this year to kind of go, no, you do know what you're doing. Just stay in your lane. Yeah. Don't get tempted in by yeah. the shiny stuff on Instagram. Just keep making what you make. And there will always be people that don't want that. Yeah. It's really important to look at context as well. Like you're saying, you're saying that, but then, those again looking at instagram those editorial shots always make it to instagram and the blurry stuff yeah but then how's the couple feeling about how many candidates they got and how much value are they putting in those in that blurry shot of the bridesmaids and the grooms and walking past while the groom while the groom are kissing or whatever like yeah. all blurry and slow shutter like the the stuff that you make still very much appeals to the couples that you want to appeal to yeah and i think that's the main thing isn't it like i look at other videographers and i'm like your framing is so good and like you don't do as much movement as me but it still looks good and your storytelling is good but i realize there's not as many candidates and i'm like okay that's how i do my thing yeah. then sort of thing and you, you separate yourself don't you i think is that is that is this realizing is it quite early on is that yes you can grow yes you can get better but you still can't be everything to everybody oh, yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's it's really finding that groove of what people want plus what you want to put out and there's that kind of middle of the venn diagram which are where you have exactly the wedding that you want to photograph yeah and then realizing that you only need to find say 30 couples a year that want that wedding yeah and kind of making sure that you magnetize in somewhere that then you end up with enough bookings of the weddings that you want and the couples that want that rather than going oh, i need to chase a trend thinking that there's 
you know, kind of that's what everybody wants. But yeah. then also realizing that the amount of other people fishing for those weddings is much more because they've chased the trend as well. Very true. Yeah. And it, that comes full circle yeah. to what we, I think like the first couple of episodes when we were talking about like how to get the client, the couples that you want, yeah. that's what it's all about, isn't it? Style, trying to figure out who you are, like your experience. I think, I feel like, and we've, again, we've spoken about this before, but your experience is also what separates you yes. is that you've done enough weddings you can step in when needed and advise on things you know not to walk into a prep room get your camera out and just start whacking it in people's faces yeah all of those li- and and also you do a cup and you do a very quick couple shoot in order to make sure that <laughs> i feel it's about I feel it's, it's, it almost annoys you oh, no, how, no, how no. quick my it's, it's not is. it's not i i it's, it's too quick for me but yeah when you do, I imagine when you do weddings on your own and without a videographer or whatever, and you do that couple shoot, that couple is getting the maximum out of their reception drink time because you're not yeah. dragging them off everywhere trying to get your perfect editorial shot. And that, them. I think, again, like we were talking with the Instagram thing, is something which I'm very mindful of or from my own experience of, like we were talking about, again, we'll go back to you and Kate at the Grand Canyon, is that I don't have lots of photos of me on my, on my walls. Yeah. I value the photos that I have of me but I don't display them or need many. It's a quality over quantity thing. I would rather take a couple away for 10 minutes and get, say, a good dozen or 15 solid yeah, couple really shots, shots of them. And yeah, yeah. They have one to change to the, the lock screen on their phone. They might have one that they put in a small frame on their nightstand. Yeah. And that's it. Do you really need that's it, hundreds yeah of photos of the two of you <laughs> and it doesn't trigger me at all i find it funny but it's just like when we were on the shoot but together do you mean, yeah I, I, you I, I, like, I, yeah after the sunset shoot you were like oh yeah you really you really like directed that <laughs> that didn't you and i was like for that for me that's not milking it but i like yeah. the way that you get that done and because for you it's more about experience and candid yeah and well, if you sit I, there and say you're a candid photographer and spend an hour doing a couple shoot you, you're, you're not yeah wrong. yeah oh, and also it's that it's something it's a sentence which is on the bottom of my approach page on my website and i stand by it now is their or your experience is everything. Yeah. Like I look at a photo. The reason that I take a photo is to look at it and it remind me of a moment. Yeah. And if you've taken someone away from an hour, it, it could be the most like perfectly laid out dress, the most beautiful golden sunset in the world. But if they're dying for a week, cause they've been out for an hour and they've just missed all their evening guests yeah. to arrive. That's what they will remember when they look at that photo. They yeah. won't remember that lovely walk down a lane and watch the sunset on their wedding day. Yeah. They won't remember that. Yeah. And for me, that's all or I wouldn't anyway. I would remember the, oh, do you remember how awkward it was that I had to dip so far into that kiss that I almost fell over? <laughs> yeah. It's that sort of stuff. So it's kind of having that, yes, that photo should be beautiful. Yes, it should be at the right time of day and the rest of it, but it should never hamper your experience. Yeah. Is that when you get back to your guest on the dance floor, they go, where well, you been for the last hour then? Yeah, exactly. Oh, we, we've come to celebrate with you and we haven't because we have, you've, you've been off photo yeah. taken. And that, that's got kind of, it's that that feeling is all, is always much more of a bigger driving force on the day for me. Yeah. And it's not because I'm lazy and I don't, I don't want to take them out for 10 minutes. Right, but feeling is so important to what, like, it, yeah. yeah. And I think if you probably looked at the reviews that I get back from my couples, none of them probably say that I, that I took lovely photos. Yeah, which because it's and it's not because hopefully because I didn't hopefully it's because they expect I'm sure me to they're happy because it's my job do you know what I mean like, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. expect me to be a good yeah, photographer they pay, they, they've paid me a lot yeah, of money yeah. to be to take photos of them so if I took rubbish ones then there would be a problem yeah. it's, but it's the, what people remember and what separates you from yeah. others so they'll be like yeah the photos are good 
but yeah. also he was really funny he got the group shots yeah. done let, allowed us to have time with our that's guests that's it we felt so comfortable around yeah. him another one he was so helpful yeah. like you know he, t- he did my did my dad's buttonhole in the morning mate you know took my veil out because my bridesmaid couldn't it's all those other things that you can do which add value yeah. whilst you're there people expect you to be a good photographer and I think it's that kind of yeah that drive for me that or that's kind of the bigger voice in my head when I'm photographing rather than Oh, this light's amazing. Let's let's, yeah. let's 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 really squeeze everything out. I of do it. believe that's what separates you. I mean, your photos are great, but you you do really have a connection with your couple. Is it's, it's obvious. So. Yeah, and I think yeah. even like that, that kind of a full circle moment that we're coming up to, kind of just over an hour in. I think it's all of those things as well, which mean that the the going on the holiday, the taking, the rest, the being, all that stuff, it all adds to who you are. Yeah. Like, how can you go and meet interesting people that do interesting things if you are a boring person yeah. that do nothing other than sit in your house or yeah. sit in front of your desk and edit photos? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that probably one of the things that I bond with most of my with my couples are shared life experiences. Yeah, definitely. You know, when I put up, oh, I'm going to New York for the week. The amount of people that go, oh, we went there, we did this. And I'm yeah. sure you did the same when you went to you Vegas. You speak who, to those couples, about, yeah. oh, well, you go on a honeymoon. Oh, it's this. And, you know, and travel becomes a big part. And if they're kind of people which have a lust for adventure and stuff in the same way that you do, they're going to want to bring that level of adventure and fun to their wedding, yeah. which is where you line up. And I'm sure, again, they'll still be mildly annoyed when you've gone on two holidays in a month and their tracker hasn't moved. <laughs> but at the same time... If that allowed you to be the person that you were on their wedding, they'll remember that for far longer for than longer. waiting for two weeks for their wedding photos. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I think and I, that actually, to be fair, like has been, because when I first started wedding videography, I didn't have a lot of life experience. I was been to uni and that, but I hadn't yeah. traveled much or done much. And I was a lot quieter then. I didn't really know what couples I was enjoying and stuff. But now like, I mean, I'm 30 comfortable in what I do and things like that a lot more adventurous and things I feel like yeah we're getting the couples that are very similar to us like they go into amazing places they're doing like their sort of focus is the same as ours if you know what I mean and things like that so I think yeah and I think they're still respectful enough is that this is your job you have a good job and that you you know it makes you successful enough to be able to go to those places and because you're maybe charged that little bit more for your wedding now those people have good jobs do you know what I mean and earn yeah. good money and so they value their, their life experiences and their travels in the same or their time off in the same way that you do yeah. and they don't feel bad for you know if you were still if you know if you just come back from Dubai and Vegas and then you went and shot a wedding for £1,200 and that couple are going to Butlins for their honeymoon they might be, <laughs> margin, they might be marginally yeah. more resentful that they waited for their film because you're off living the high life in yeah, their yeah. terms yeah. for when you've got your couple that have just come back from 10 days in the Maldives yeah. they go good on you mate how was it oh how'd you travel because yeah. you're, you're, you're almost a little bit more on a level to them and they kind of see you as more of a peer and because you share similar experiences they're more your people yeah. which is why you come out your shelf more with them because they're more like you it's not looking at you like, oh you're you know yeah. you're doing all this and that on, on our money that we've paid you it's not like that because like you say they've just come back from a lovely honeymoon so themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of, you feel that everything kind of aligns yeah. a lot more definitely had similar situations to that before but yeah like-minded people I think that's the that's the main thing that's the takeaway from that and Talking about like like-minded people, did you want to talk about the uh, the coactive? Oh yes, oh, yeah, we, we, we should up. probably talk about that. Actually. Yeah. yeah, even though here we are in October, um, <laughs> I, I don't. It might be the first time that we we do mention that the c word on 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 the caption, uh, yeah. code, which is which is Christmas. And so yeah, obviously like um, I run um, a networking space um, with another photographer called Katie, um, and we have launched um, for the first time a Christmas event. So on Tuesday the twelfth of December, I'm so um, excited. We are hosting a Christmas party. So for all of you kind of weddingy working people that don't normally get a worked Christmas party, yeah. we are we are. Off 
offering an olive branch or a holly branch maybe I guess it would be much more seasonal um, to that that we are hosting yeah, a Christmas party and we'll drop a link for it in um, the descriptions on, on wherever you're listening to this or watching this so you can get a ticket um, but basically it's going to be full of other wedding suppliers and we are going to have a big Christmas party um, at the Square Tower in Portsmouth so yeah if you're someone that likes to celebrate Christmas but doesn't often get the opportunity with people then that, that's for you that's a that's a, that's, a, that's such a big deal as well I think because this is again like again we've spoken about it it's mostly such an individual job yeah and pre before you guys started the coactive there was nothing for like people to meet up with wedding supplies and things like that yeah. it really wasn't that popular of a thing maybe if you're recommended at a venue they might do something once a year something small or if you're a part of like a wedding group or something full of suppliers. There's just nothing like like the coactive, and I feel like that's been a huge deal in getting people more social. I've met people from it. Like I met Josh yeah. like through you, um, who now we're really close friends. And it like and then having a Christmas party on top of that because one thing is Kate always gets a Christmas party because she works yeah um, for the uni, and I always go along to her Christmas party of her friends and that. And I'm like, but you never get to meet the people that I work. The same with, yeah, and obviously, and all of us spend a lot of times you know, facilitating or working at other people's parties, yeah. celebrations and the rest of it. Yeah, you know, and kind of, you know, you still have kind of a shuffle on the dance floor, maybe get a drink, but you're still at work. Yeah. So to be able to go to a party when not having to worry about taking photos or filming something and literally just being with a bunch of other people that get it and just the sole purpose is to have uh, have fun. Yeah. It should be good. It's on a Tuesday night as well. So if you are still shooting winter weddings, it shouldn't happen with any of those. Um, yeah. yeah, like the, the bar's really reasonable. It's, it's really well connected travel wise so if you want to get a train down to us or you want to stay overnight and stuff like that there, there's yeah. those options for that so yeah it should be a really I'm good really one. looking forward to it amazing yeah, we good i think i thought we've covered a lot yeah we have yeah like it's been it's a catch-up and a half mega isn't catch it? Up, yeah. yeah but no it's been really good like, i feel like on a personal level that we've caught up really well yeah um hopefully there's been some use in there and i feel like say with the breadth of topics that we've covered in quite a short amount of time is we've just is smashed decent. through a load of topics, but I'm sure we'll bring some of it up back up in like future episodes. But we just wanted to talk about like what's been on our mind, I guess. For the look, it's been yeah. six weeks since we've like really proper properly spoken. We speak over chat and stuff, but like, but yeah, to be in the same room, like this and be in the same up. room, and actually yeah. catch up. Yeah, so yeah, it's been it's a proper nice brain dump episode. <laughs> yeah, really brain dump. That's and it. And then kind of next time again, again, I mentioned the Christmas word a minute ago. And um, next week we're going to be talking, or next week, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be doing um, an episode about readying yourself for winter weddings yes we've done we've winter talked about weddings. summer weddings at length and sunsets and evenings and stuff and so now that we're kind of are getting into that darker um colder time of the year i feel that you know we've both said that it, already we're starting to shoot the weddings that we've, we have at this time of the year slightly differently yeah to you would a summer a wedding very different so approach. Yeah. um i think we should dig into that and maybe offer some tips and tricks that we do for shooting those weddings 100%. in the colder i'll say wetter but i don't think get much wetter than the summer this year no um, i mean i did what, uh, six months of weddings between october and march and not a single one of them wasn't raining <laughs> so Mad. so yeah. it depends on the sort of winter you get but i mean right now it's october and it's bloody lovely outside it's a bit cold but it's like really winter nice it it's sun bathing. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the same as what we said for the summer ones pretty, pretty much but so yeah that, that, that'll be the next weekend play but yeah thanks for joining for us if you've made it this far through our ramblings and catch up yeah. and you know it's always grateful to have you here and if you've got any topics that you want us to cover in in these in these episodes you know please do chuck it in the comments um so we, we can get to those Sweet, we'll do time. Peace See out. See, it's going to be done. Thanks yeah, for watching. See you in the next Thanks one. Thanks for watching. Yes. <laughs>